What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to You Are Power Radio on 94.9 Radio Western um, and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that good stuff. Um, it's your co-host, Dobi Joki Emanuela and... Yeah, Abby. Hey, hey, hey. How are you hey. doing? Not too bad in yourself. Good. Um, I'm just excited for this episode because we're talking about an interesting topic today. We are going to be talking about education um, and how education shows up in the community, um, how we navigate it within the system, um, how we experience it as racialized people, um, Indigenous and Black, um, and basically our comments on, you know, the approaches that are taken and potentially um, learning actions and notes uh, that people can take from our particular experiences. Um, but before we start, I just want us to, again, welcome our sister Gabby. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last episode, we did an introduction. However, I realized because a few people mentioned to me that my mic was going all over the place. So every time I spoke and shook my head, um, basically, it would sound all muffled and stuff so unfortunately every time gabby spoke while i was trying to like talk or i moved <laughs> like it would cut your voice off so we're gonna do introductions again cool um so gabby let us know who you are uh i am gabby i i live in winnipeg manitoba i'm anishinaabe ojibwe um i am a i work in community health and I'm uh, very happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you. I mean, we did it already. However, I think I think it's it's fine because over time people are gonna get to know more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, Gabby and I, we have been connected for about ten or twelve years. I'm not sure. Just, plus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Along those lines. Um, we met at a retreat in Quebec. Um, through uh, a foundation many years ago, um, and we stayed connected. And so it's super dope to be able to co-host this with uh, Gabby um, and for us to be able to share our perspectives. Um, she's an Indigenous woman from Turtle Island. I'm Indigenous from the continent of Africa, um, and there's so much learning um, that mm-hmm. I get to have through her, um, and I think and- vice versa. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're gonna get started, okay? Um, education. Yep. So for me, it's interesting the topic of education because this is what I'm doing my research on. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if listeners know, but like the the reason I decided to focus my research on education is because um, I got a chance to go to work in South Africa in 2016 for about a year. Um, And I went actually to work as a social service worker, which is my profession. Um, When I got there, um, they realized that they didn't have enough teachers um, because it was a township school. So they started filling in you know these classes with the other workers so from myself they're like i know you're a social service worker but you're gonna go and teach life skills because we don't have a teacher right now oh and that's so kids awesome. were like jumping up and down they didn't have anything oh. to do um so that was my first time actually teaching formally kind of um yeah. and in that experience i also realized how much these students um were not taught about themselves like to appreciate themselves to love themselves um and how much of their culture they did know, um, but how much of their blackness they kind of despised as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did this after school program and you know we're like, okay, this is gonna be for us learning about our culture. And a little girl was like, oh, well, how about we have a summit? Because we were talking about summit. She's like, and then we serve white people. And I'm like, oh, why? Why? Girl? Like, why is yeah. that what comes to your mind? She's like, no, because if we please them, then, you know, we won't be in our situation. So she didn't know about history, but she knew about the piece where yeah. colonization happened. And in yeah. order to survive, yeah. that means you suppress yourself um, yeah. and you continue to please white people. Yeah. And it hurt my heart to hear that coming from a, a girl. She was in the fifth grade. A little girl like that, right? Oh my um, God, so young. So young. But then it, it reminded me that, oh my God, regardless of where we are uh, on the globe, uh, colonization has affected all Indigenous people. Yeah. Um, and so that's why programming for me while I was there was so important, uh, after school programming for girls. And then I also did 
one for boys as well. Um, but it was all culturally centered and indigenous centered. Yeah. So I got people from the community to um, come in and teach and educate them about themselves and how yeah. they could connect more with their community. Yeah. Um, then when I think about my experience in Canada, growing up in my neighborhood uh, for a long, long time, um, I didn't have representation like that in programming. And yeah. it's people who came in who just essentially thought they were providing resources and access, but were right. really suppressing us even more. Yeah. So what is your experience with that? Oh man, I was just about to say that like, you know, there's like these some of these uh, workers and, and program facilitators come from a, an, an innocent, ignorant, like standpoint, like they're ignorant, but it's coming from an innocent, like heart, like they mm -hmm. think that they're doing good, but really like for me, for like some of the programming that I went through, like I was always questioning why I was there and like mm. half of me was like I knew why I was there like I was either that troublemaker kid or you know because of the way that I looked yeah and then that other half didn't want to believe that and be like but like I don't want to do any of the things that you're teaching me that I shouldn't be doing so why and then you look around the room and it's all the indigenous kids there you know mm. like I don't know I, I specifically remember I think I was a grade 10, they sent us out to Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And um, I still to this day don't know why. I knew it was like an indigenous um, brand organization that like wanted um, all of our relations and all different na uh, nations to come together in Edmonton to do like this big convention of like learning. Yeah. And I just, I remember the programming that we got set up with was all very like it's anti-alcoholism, anti-drug abuse, mm. like homelessness, like what does all these things look like? And um, it was educational in the sort of sense, like, dang, like I didn't realize that people lived like that, even, you know, down my, my block, you know, yeah, but like yeah. I saw, I also saw that every day. Like we, we had a meth lab, like just up the street from my house. Like mm. I knew what that looked like already, but it just like, it educated me in the sort of sense of like, how these not how those people got there but like what their life might might be like you know mm -hmm. and that was cool but like I remember like the second last day just like questioning like my friend that I was there with like why did we get choose to go there yeah and then like I remember coming back home from that trip being like like feeling really crappy because I was like I I like yeah sure I met a lot of really awesome people like mm -hmm. a lot of different uh um uh indigenous uh nations and that was cool but like it was really just like to kind of tell us to like not do yeah. drugs you know yeah. and like yeah. I I just like I don't know like it didn't help yeah. me for my history anyways like I I, I struggled with substance abuse and everything like mm -hmm. that's and did that programming help I don't think so yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah. trauma is trauma and you're gonna go through what you go through and I just yeah I did I heavily disagreed with that that uh, cultural mm -hmm. programming, you know. So yeah, no, and <laughs> that it was just my <laughs> it makes me think of like um, I know we we mentioned it earlier, but like this idea that um, we are the stigma that has been placed on us, right? Mm -hmm. um, we mm -hmm. are these stereotypes that this that has been placed on us, and this whole we're going to save you from yeah. yourself idea. The white savior um, yeah. yeah like that stuff bothers me so much because um, mm -hmm. I also think because I grew up in a priority community um, I, I grew up in London Ontario everyone thinks like it's crazy because when I moved to Toronto everyone's like oh you're from London you're rich and I'm like what like where do you get that from like right? yeah. the idea in their mind is that it's like a suburb of Toronto Mm -hmm. And that if you live in that area, that means you're well off. But a lot of immigrants, we came in 97 and um, we came at a time where a lot of Somali and uh, Sudanese and I think Bosnian communities actually came into London. So they put us all in one particular neighborhood. And so right. I grew up with all immigrants. I grew up with all poor people that were poor like me. Um, but then I went to, to a high school where most folks were wealthy. Right. Yeah. Um, so I realized that over time that the the ways in which, um, you know, workers came and communicated with us um, in the neighborhood was in a way to try to like. I don't know, like you said, it, it was innocent, but they're like basically telling us that, like, 
you're not going to be anything and I'm here to help right. you to become help something. You. Yeah. Right. yeah. That is like watching some of the videos that they had at this like convention uh, that I went to. They like, they were like full blown, like people's like stories, like mm-hmm. smoking crack or smoking meth or injecting heroin. Like when it came to the heroin part, I was like, I am scared of needles. Like yeah. I don't understand. And then like, um, going back to like that white savior, like all of the facilitators that were a part of our team from Winnipeg were either white or of a different, like, um, I think there was one, uh, uh, Asian lady that, mm. looked, that was there to like, essentially like get us from point A to point B in Edmonton. Right. And, like, yeah. it was just like, I don't understand. Like I didn't, I didn't, I, and no one really communicated anything. No one explained anything to me. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was very much like, that's going to be your um, future mm-hmm. because of like where you come from and what you look like or whatever. Mm-hmm. And here's how we're going to help you not get there. Yeah, and, like, exactly. You know, yeah. so I, <laughs> I, I can't stand that narrative um, because it's like, you don't trust that I could become something and yes. you don't trust that I'm going to work hard. You know, this idea of working hard when you come to this nation or yeah. for you, it's even harder because it's like, this is your nation, <laughs> right? And working hard so you can survive. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. that concept, I can't stand it. And it's, it's interesting hearing my parents' experience because at that age, uh, this is before the seventh grade. So at the, from the first grade to the sixth grade, let's say. I couldn't stand those years because we never had proper representation in terms of yeah. programming, right? But uh, supports for my parents, right? Um, they were beneficial. And mm-hmm. so we had a contrasted um, experience, right? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I, I got to the seventh grade where this worker, I love her to death, her name is Yasmin Hussein. Um, she came to the neighborhood and she literally knocked on everyone's door. She's like, this is your community. Um, you're going to do what you want out of it. Do you want to help your other siblings in the community build it and shape it how you want? So it wasn't until then where she came and brought this new narrative, um, basically to tell me that you are, in, you are in control of your life. Uh, you have the capacity. You have the ability. Um, and I'm just going to bring a few tools here, and I'm going to let you handle business. And like, that was the best form of programming I could ever experience. Right. Um, Cause it taught me that I was capable and I didn't need someone on my back telling me that I'm not going to make it, which is why they have to be on my back. You oh know? My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the true savior, you know, like, For real. like you, it's not even about like seeing potential. I feel like people that work with children or like uh, adolescent or youth or teenagers, they mm-hmm. need to like, just understand that like these people, like these folks, these young adult like almost going to be young adult people have so much potential just because they have so much life to live exactly like you know like when you look at like a a 15 year old that um you know might be in gang related situations or whatever Mm. you can't just sit there and say they're always going to be in it yes it's very hard to get out of yes there's a lot of systemic uh crap just crapping all over them but it doesn't necessarily mean that's that that's how their life is going to be forever Exactly. You know, and like, also acknowledging that they are, they actually might be the ones perpetuating these ideas onto yes. young people, right? Yeah. Like presenting these these narratives to young people at such a, a young age makes them believe that's that's all they could be, right? Yeah. Don't become this and making them afraid of that. And young people are going to want to walk towards that yeah. um, or, or believe if they ever got caught in some nonsense that, oh, right. it's meant for me because I was told that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I also remember like there's this uh, program called Joe League and Rookie League. And so it was like baseball. Joe League was uh, basketball. Rookie League was baseball. And it was actually run by police officers. Okay. And so they would come into all the priority communities in London. Um, Mm -hmm. They'd create teams for the kids. And then we'd, uh, every weekend, we'd face each other like downtown at the YMCA. And I felt like that was really interesting as well because it's like, we got to build relationships with police. Um, But at the same time, now when I think of it, I'm like, I feel like they were just keeping an eye on us. Word, seriously, yeah. Oh like, my you know, and you don't want to think that way, right? Like, like, it, like you said, like when it, or like we said, it's innocent, but like, is it, you know? Like, there's like, this, is, yeah. You like, don't want to like stop believing that people don't have the benefit of the doubt, but mm-hmm. it's like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean like because there's this one officer that like the homies right here you know what I'm saying like um he actually supported me so much 
But then I also think about like the experiences of other people who were then arrested by these same officers. Yeah. Um, these same officers continually asking, what's going on with your family? How are things? When they check yeah. in on you, they're really trying to check in to see if there's anything wrong. wrong. And are they going to- Criminally they, wrong, not criminally, just wrong. Exactly. Like, they don't Thank care you. that like, your parents Thank are you. absent. They're just looking, well, are you breaking exactly. the law? Who, yeah. Who's doing the drugs? Who's, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Who's and yeah. I bumped into this one officer and he was never my coach because I was too young to play when he was coaching, but he coached my older brother. Um, I bumped into him and I was like, hi, how are you doing? Um, and he's like, oh, you're in this program at Western, right? And you went to South Africa for this many years and you did this. And I'm like, how the hell do you know this? I haven't yeah. seen you since I was like six years old. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, I've been keeping track of everyone that um, I worked with, at, you know. Why? And so it made me question, what else did they know about my life? And why yeah. are they tracking yeah. me like this? Yeah. Um, weren't you there just to help and, and, and help spend me? Spend time with Spend time with me. Like, like oh yeah. my God, like yeah. that shocked the crap out of me. And I was like, yeah. damn. And this is what our, our kids experience every single day without knowing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that they're really being walked into the criminal justice system, yeah. like the school to prison pipeline, where they have yes. these police officers sitting yeah. there waiting for something to go wrong to criminalize this kid, yeah. uh, to arrest them, to give them warnings, to have their name in the system. So if anything goes wrong, and mm -hmm. we know what's going on in the world right now, if you are a person of color, if you are black, they're gonna stop you. Boom, your name's already in the system, and Getting you are chills. a criminal. That's so scary. Like it's, I don't even. I don't even know. But, <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and uh, yeah. And the school system, like I, it's, it hurts the crap. It hurts my heart because um, I don't have to worry about the public school system anymore, but I have right. a younger brother that does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. what can I do to support them to the best of my ability? Yeah. Um, without being a student there and being able to witness everything because he won't be able to speak about everything that he goes through because no. he's also afraid, right? He's yeah. afraid. He's also like <clears throat> questioning, oh, maybe it's my fault, things like that. Um, but the, the school system is really shaped to basically target. Them, yeah, target, yeah. target these communities. Yeah. Yeah. What was your experience in school? In school? Uh, well, uh, like I said before, I, I grew up in a public school. Um, in an area where we had like a higher volume of immigrants than most people yeah, yeah, yeah. that I know that went into different areas uh, for schooling. So um, there wasn't a lot of like, yeah, like in, in the um, project areas, so to speak in mm -hmm. like in and around my apartment and uh, the amount of the housing and such, um, there was a lot of cops presence but it's like, like I said, I also, we also had a math lab, like just up the street. So like, we kind of had to have cops, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But as far as like anything goes for that, like having cops in our school, we never really, never really had that, you know, mm. and that type of programming either. Like, I don't, maybe it's because, yeah, like my, my parents didn't really outreach to like programming to help them facilitate their own children. So like we, we just assumed that you had to pay for everything. So we just never did anything like yeah, that. Um, yeah. One, one program that I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed and I, to this day, I would totally go and volunteer if I could. It was uh, mm -hmm. boys and girls club of Canada. And like, um, it wasn't very culturally driven or anything, but it was just a place to go after school or like, um, if you were having a rough time at home, you could like, I, I remember how many times I dipped out of my house because I was just like, I needed to get away and mm -hmm. I would go to boys and girls club and just hang out, you know? And then it became like, I got, you know, more and more friends to come with me. And it just became like a hangout place where like mm -hmm. you could play sports, you could use a computer, you could, you know, work on homework. Or I think, um, at that point we had a GameCube, a Nintendo GameCube. And like, that was like the biggest thing. And we, we did a lot of different, um, uh, like we did archery sometimes at the university or like yeah. we'd go on outings, you know? And then once a year we would have, um, uh, like a festival. It was the multicultural festival. So we got mm. to learn about different areas of the world and like eat different types of food. And it was like, I think it was driven by the United way. And like, yeah, like that was the more positive mm. part of that kind of programming anyways. And I'm pretty sure that's the only positive program that I actually went mm. to, yeah, you know, yeah. again, it was like all the other programming was just like, like, 
you are native. This is, you know, this (laughs) is where it could go wrong. This is where Mm -hmm. you kind of came from. And like, um, just sort of like situations like that. And like, like listening to somebody that doesn't look like me or doesn't represent my people, Mm -hmm. but believing in them and giving them that, that time of day, because I, you know, I was a polite kid. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, put me in front of a teacher, I'm going to listen. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. No, I hear you. And I'm trying to think of my like programs. I honestly went to, I think after the sixth grade. So once um, that worker came and started working in my neighborhood, she started connecting me with all of these great opportunities where I mm-hmm. actually got to learn. But I think in every program that I was in, like it was always led by white people. Yeah. So like, even if I felt like the program was good, Um, I feel like at that time I didn't have, you know, the critical mind to Mm -hmm. be able to evaluate how I was really being treated. Right. Exactly. Actually, I have a, a, like my elder, well, I call her my elder, but she don't tell her that because like, (laughs) I'm not an elder yet, not old or anything, but yeah, yeah, she, uh, she came to my school when I was, I think, God, I must've been like nine, 10. And that year we just started learning about the seven teachings and mm. I was just like, I knew right then and there, I was like, I, 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 I belong here. This is, mm. these are my people, you know? And, um, it was originally taught by a, a tall native man, uh, by the name of Malcolm. And mm-hmm. he was just this soft, sensitive, kind, like listening soul that I just like longed for as a kid, because like, again, my first firsthand experience of racism started when I was five years old in my kindergarten class. Like mm. I was, I knew from the get go that I was like, I was all those like stigmas of what, you know, yeah. native kids are, those resi yeah. kids, right? And um, halfway through that year of Malcolm teaching us these seven teachings, uh, this, this woman came and she's a short um, white lady. And uh, I love her to bits. Again, I still, I still do, um, mm-hmm. I'm still in contact and I still do uh, ceremonial things with her. Um, but like looking back at it as an adult now, mm-hmm. Um, I disliked her at first because she was white, to be completely Mm. honest with you. I had such a hate towards anybody that's telling me to love me when they don't look like me. Mm. Like, you don't get to sit here and tell me to, like, be this positive person when, like, Mm. I don't feel that way. And you don't know what it feels like to feel Mm. that way. And then, you know, uh, we, I grew up and I got over that. And she actually facilitated a women's drumming circle. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much through all the years of our, uh, of our friendship and our, I want to say she's family too. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as I got older, I, I started realizing, I was like, they got a white lady to teach me about my culture, my ceremonies, mm-hmm. my people's mm-hmm. history Word. and my language, my language. Yes. You know, we're, we're, we're singing songs, um, uh, like that, um, you know, I, I heard somebody or some, uh, uh, one of the What's Wet and protesters sing a, the wolf song when she was posted up in BC. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's the exact same song that I was taught for the wolf. And I said, I think they, the programming that this, uh, my teacher, my, 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 um, uh, sorry, my um, elder got handed to to pass on to us. I think she, like, they just kind of smushed it together and gave it to her and said, like, give it to these people or these uh-huh. kids because they needed it, you know? And I do. And I still, like, I still, like, agree with it. I still um, appreciate it all to my mm. core. But, again, that thought was, like, mm. why is it a white lady? Like, you mm-hmm. know, and I think, I think one time there was a, a another Ojibwe lady that, um, I think it was for the Christmas concert or something. She brought in a big grandmother drum and we all got to play on the grandmother drum. Mm. It was cool, but I never saw her again. Every, yeah. and, and all the other uh, women aside from maybe two, which we had a big women's uh, group mm-hmm. uh, at one point when I was younger and uh, all of the women, most majority of them were white. And I'm, I'm sure some of them were Métis, but you know, again, it was like, I just white like passing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, as much as I love and appreciate it, when I got older, especially, you know, dancing in and out of um, my community and being culturally um, connected, um, on the, the times where I would step out, I would feel like I was full of so much hate and so much like anger. Yeah. To the fact that like I had to learn 
all of these things from a white lady from like mm-hmm. and some unfortunately had to leave Victor Major or our school Victor Major anyway. Yeah, so but like, like that doesn't mean that there aren't people in the community that are willing to do this work. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that's the that's part of the problem. I feel like it's easier to reach out to someone who has been taught this and not from this culture because especially mm-hmm. white people because it's easy right? Rather than actually go and connect with this community, right. uh, find people who need the money, first of yes, all, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and also have the culture authentically. Yeah, yeah. And like, I will say that like my elder has definitely done that, like mm-hmm. um, bringing all of the women in the, our area of the, that, of the city at the time, all these women knew these songs, all these women know their language. And like, mm. like, you know, having that one person can like grab everybody and be like, here, can like, yeah. we need to pass this information along and pass the knowledge and exactly. share the knowledge and learn from each other is amazing. I will never mm-hmm. like knock my elder for that or anything. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to knock my elder. Yeah, yeah, I'm I just know. trying to say that like coming from my standpoint, like, you know, I, I was angry for like a long time about it, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's it's not necessarily that particular experience with that individual, but it's also to look at the overarching uh, yes. experience of our communities, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How maybe you had a good experience, but there's another kid um, who went to another school or maybe even with that same teacher that didn't have that experience because yeah. of what they went through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think... For me, it's that same idea though, like till this day, um, I, I love learning, right? I love learning from anybody. But when it comes to learning about myself, I am sorry because of what my people yeah. went through. There's yeah. just only so much I can take from yeah. people who don't look like me. Yes. Um, yeah. There's this white woman, I forget her name, but she is amazing. Like the way she breaks down race. And it's like, I don't know if you went to that, um, symposium that I held or you joined it on Zoom um, Um, on on anti-black racism. It was in July. But um, there was a sister on there. Her name's Nyaboy. And she was talking about how white people have broken down race in such a way that even people who are seen, you know, as being, um, let's just say minoritized communities, right? Like black, indigenous. We don't understand race in the way that they do because we're not that invested in it right? <laughs> because we, we see each other as love. We see each other as one, right? As beings. Yeah. As beings. Yeah. And, and we didn't need to break down race in that yeah. way. Um, but this white woman, I'm like, so it works in this way because when she breaks down race, she's able to teach other white people mm-hmm. why they have privilege um, right. and why, uh, you know, they need to acknowledge their history. Yeah. Um, and the way, I, do you know what I'm talking about? She's this blue-eyed blonde lady. Mm. No, it goes like- around. I feel, well, I missed your symposium and I'm really sad about that now. <laughs> no, it's all good. She, so, no, that um, woman wasn't in it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just saying um, that the, I was trying to, I think I was trying uh, to make a connection, but maybe I missed the connection. No, like, I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I honestly don't know her name. She's an older woman, but I'm like, I love the work that she's doing and I feel like it's perfect. Does she do like, like work in like the States? Yes. Like, what did she have? Like this conversation about how like white people aren't actually white; they're pale, like they're pale faced. Yes. Is it that lady? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's an older lady. Yeah. Yeah. Like old, older. Like not yeah. old. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean like. I know. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Her. Right. So I respect yeah. her work so much because of what she teaches, and I'm yeah. like, white people need this. Like, mm-hmm. they need someone who looks like them to teach them because they won't learn that stuff from us. They want to hear nope. it from us. If nope. it's someone yeah. who looks like them that's teaching them, okay. Yeah. But I don't know if I can have that woman come and teach me about myself. You know what I'm saying? No, as powerful as she is. Yeah. And so would she would she even take that narrative? Like do you think Well, she, she may not. She may not, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying like she has so much knowledge um and her her uh, perspective um is so strong in the way in which she teaches, you know, right. her communities. Yeah. But um even if she was that knowledgeable, I would still take it from someone who is from my community because yeah. they really understand my experience, yes. right? Yeah. Um, until this day, I think that's something I, I grapple with all the time, um, depending on the spaces that I'm in, where I'm just mm-hmm. like, I know you're making great points, but I would love for a sister to be here. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> you know Instead what I'm of like taking that, your, 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 platform and you you standing on your soapbox could you like get off for two seconds and 
you know, allow someone else, like, that's true power, is, like, being, mm-hmm. be, like, I'm not gonna say anything about this, I'm actually gonna get, a, like, you know, someone that's, like, knowledgeable, and lives exactly. it every day, exactly, exactly, and I, I don't know, I just, um, I just know that's something that is just too dear and close to my heart that I could, I could, I, I, I'll battle with that all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, right, Hey y'all, UR Power Radio is in support of local Canadian artists. Today we are featuring a song called Day Forever by artist Ade Olua, who's a musician based in Regina, Saskatchewan. Please listen now to Day Forever. I stay crying. I stay crying. Yeah. Not only you, they my mind so You push my brain on the daily You take me higher and higher I'm lost but don't need safe And they say this, they say that But we'll fight for what we've got it, you and I Against the world No, we won't give in to the relentless cave On our magic, not only that one day sabi. I give you still, you give me ginger. That's why we call last forever. If you need me, just call. I will catch you if you fall. You and I against the world. Where we'll end, no one knows. We'll be fine, and that's for sure. You by Adeolua, um, your favorite Yoruba bop star. You can find him and show him some love on Instagram, Adeolua, A-D-E-O-L-U-W-A, music, M-U-S-I-C. That is A-D-E-O-L-U-W-A-M-U-S-I-C. Show him some love. 
played this tune that was Day Forever by Adeolua featuring Corey and Chris. I, like and going back to like having that like white teacher is just like um again not knocking it or, or anything because you know we we do have love for everybody right but yeah. um it's just um where is it going i'm sorry i totally forgot <laughs> what i was about to say oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> um just well for for me and my elder like like I have, like I said, I have so much love for her, but like when I did step out of that culture, like in, in and out of hating yourself, because mm. that's pretty much what we're taught, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I hated her. I hated, mm. I hated, you know, it, I, I had this conversation with even my, 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 my sister, she's white passing as well. And like, I, like, I've, t- I've talked to her about how it angered me that she was white passing mm. and how much I didn't enjoy that either. And like, uh, you know, she's again, a, a, a an educator as well like not in the community or in a school or anything but she yeah. just he educated me so much when we we rekindled our relationship and just again like where's like the 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 support um that looks like me mm. and like my sister is like so understanding of it because she got a lot of flack too for being white white mm. white passing and and being full status and like yeah yeah you know it kind of goes on both sides but yeah it's, you know, not to say one's greater than the other, but like, you know, mm. the system doesn't work like that. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that, that reminds me of shadism <laughs> in the Black community, um, right. where it's like, someone could be super dark skin and they get mistreated, right? Yeah. Um, and this, I we've been taught to hate ourselves, so we don't like our dark skin. Um, yeah. And then we are supposed to, um, I guess, I don't know, we put light skin on a pedestal where right. we want to look like that we're taught yeah. to look like that closest thing to white as possible yeah um and so you then start hating on your sister that's light-skinned right yeah um, like oh because you think you because you're light-skinned and you know all that stuff and so it creates so much tension within the community yeah. we're already trying to fight a battle externally but we're still fighting battles within our community as well so yeah and when i think of the black lives matter movement i'm like this is why it's so important for allies to listen um to what we say right uh listen to how we want to approach um this this movement um because it's so intricate and the intersections are wild um because internally we're fighting millions of other battles than what you see it's not only um the shootings that are happening through police violence right um it's everything else that has been systemically placed on us that that where our culture has been ripped from us right so Man, just, like going back to like that too, like being in school, I just like um, there like a handful of teachers that I can remember. Right, well, not totally remember, but I I remember certain instances where it's like they definitely mm-hmm. treated certain students differently. And a good example actually is with my sister, because like my sister was like the favorite of like almost every single teacher that I got after her, like because mm-hmm. she's two years older than I am, and mm-hmm. I just remember them treating me extremely different and and, and almost extremely worse Mm. and I just like like again you're grappling with that idea of like why but then your other half is like you know why yes yeah and like these these adults also like treat you as if you already Mm. know why Mm. and it's and at least for my experience anyways I remember my grade three teacher she she used to razz me for having anxiety because she scared the crap out of me like Mm. she scared me she was angry at me all the time and I would cry and then I would I I wasn't able to breathe and then she would send me to the the principal's office and I was like I didn't even do anything and I'm scared to ask you for help and then that this is how you treat me like you know like my gosh yeah like the I don't know what it's like now I'm sure it's relatively mm-hmm. bit better i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> hoping anyways but yeah uh, they, they, i don't know like the programming um from my experience i should i should say like needs to be more ceremonial almost like less mm-hmm. colonial more so yes more about like what you did in in africa when you went is teaching mm-hmm. self-love mm-hmm. that's i think that's where it should come from like 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 you had said that we all look at each other like you know us um, people of color or, or, or the minorities that uh, so to speak mm-hmm. is we, we we didn't look at each other in in that racial way we just looked at each other like that's love mm-hmm. that is that is family all my relations all mm-hmm. like I am related to you you are family mm-hmm. you know like I think we should 
at least the programming should like look at that anyways, mm -hmm. right? depending on, I guess, depending on what kind of programming you're looking at. But, exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the piece that us as minoritized communities kind of need to acknowledge, right? Um, mm -hmm. We're all fighting this battle, right? Yeah. How do we make sure that we continuously love each other? Yeah, um, take, each, take, take care of each other. Take care of each other, yeah. Yeah. for real, because this whole thing, I th where was I seeing it today? I don't know if, her name is Tamika Mallory. Um, mm -hmm. She's an activist in the US and mm -hmm. she's been on the front lines every single day um, fighting to get these cops arrested who killed Breonna Taylor, which is, yeah. I'm still confused why they're not arrested. Yeah. Um, and then on Monday they killed Jacob Blake, uh, not killed, they shot him in the back like seven times. Paralyzed now. Paralyzed him. Yeah. Um, and I usually don't watch videos. Um, that one, I didn't think a video was gonna come up. I was just reading and then- Some of them, I, I literally, I have not seen that, that the, the, the latest one. Mm -hmm. And I, I clicked on an article and in the article, the video just popped, popped up. And I was like, I exactly. not like, that I was, is not what I was expecting. Yeah. There's no trigger warning. Whatsoever. Exactly. Like, yeah. This and isn't normal. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be, like, that's normalizing. The, like, they're, I feel like they're starting to normalize. That's exactly this. what I'm and trying to get. Yes. The more that we normalize this, the more that we get desensitized to violence. Like Exactly. Like, like I was actually speaking on this a few weeks ago, is, like, how desensitized we are to violence, especially here, like, I'm sure it's same in Toronto, like, but, like, here in Winnipeg, we were, like, there's a group of us talking about it. I can't remember. Was that at work? But anyways, um, mm. we're just, like, so desensitized that like we almost expect it we almost mm -hmm. already know it's gonna happen yeah and then and then what are we gonna have a rally every single time somebody passes like why that's not the end-all be-all like mm -hmm. situation here like mm -hmm. we're not rallying so that we can like celebrate it or anything exactly this is, like we are calling for change mm -hmm. and there hasn't been a single thing nah. and, and it's, it's crazy to think about what our parents went through and their parents went through and their parents' parents went mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. And to think that we're going through the exact same, sh mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. it's wild. Um, it's, it's, it's like, speaking on that for like my parents anyways, they were pretty complacent. Like, I, like my mom has always been, like she was just taught just like me to like understand who we are and know your place, right? Mm. And like, my mom never like reached out or anything M mind you they didn't have any programming like we did yeah yeah but like I remember when I was like finally learning seven teachings she was like oh that's really good mm. but like did you know this stuff existed because like I didn't and like yeah. she was all for it but again like some of the some of the 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 folk in in this community don't really like have the desire to go out and do it because mm -hmm. it's almost that shame it's almost that like yeah i don't want to relive all it of was, those things yeah, that exactly. i was told i couldn't do it or was survival yes yeah imagine like so frustrating things <laughs> so frustrating bro like yeah uh, to think like for my parents because we're immigrants right we mm -hmm. none of us were born except the younger ones my two younger brothers but their experience is interesting because, you know, I come from a country that's people know as for only civil war, right? Like Sudan has always been civil war. Mm -hmm. um, but to think this is where civilization was birthed, right? Mm -hmm. um, Egypt, Sudan, Ethiopia is where they say civilization was birthed, where the mm -hmm. first human, the first Eve who gave birth to the rest of the world. Yeah. To think that this is where I come from, but to know only that my people kill themselves, right? Mm -hmm. All they do is kill themselves yeah. for what reason because yeah. they've been taught by colonizers and there was arabization in sudan as well that mm -hmm. we are not worthy of anything mm -hmm. so we, we weren't only being killed by the arabs right because the arab slave trade happened before um the transatlantic slave trade mm -hmm. um we, don't, we weren't only being killed by arabs we were, became, we were being killed by the europeans as well yeah. and then they taught us how to kill ourselves so once they left we continued that work and so we finally got our independence in 2011 and what happens in 2013, a civil war breaks out. Now the indigenous people are just killing themselves. Yeah. And so I think about what my parents went through and I'm like, damn, like you, like, you went through all of this, this violence from people who were foreign to you. Mm -hmm. But now that same violence in the same ways that they did it to you is being mm -hmm. done onto you by your own brother. 
yeah what kind of pain is that yeah and like what like what's what's the point now like what's the point <laughs> right like um not like what's the point like just yeah continue to kill yourself but like what did you fought for so long for so long like, this is like con- like continuing a failed system like and mm. that's but that's what it was though that system was put put in so that exactly the inten- anyway. that was the intention yeah. right yeah they yeah. they they enforce these systems um so that we could continue doing this to ourselves and when i think when i try to have these conversations it's frustrating when um other com- like my brothers and sisters don't understand whether they're sudanese or whether they're african or whatever the case may be um when they don't understand that's what's going on like that was the intention of colonization yeah. Yeah. right um just like what we're going through right now with police violence that was the intention like it was they know what they're doing they know what they're doing everyone knows what they're doing it's just there's no change there's no there's no like desire for that and that's not coming from the black people that's coming from like the Mm. whole system as a whole like whether or not you're complacent or or directly affecting it you're Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah no it's just mad frustrating and i hate that this is like a topic that comes up so often right Mm -hmm. because it's it's honestly it's very draining Mm -hmm. and it's like part of it too it's like it's the expectation that we as people of color have Mm -hmm. to be having these conversations right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we might be having having it behind closed doors but i think it's also an expectation that like now with the social media world that like how come you haven't mentioned anything yeah like yeah where's your voice don't you love your people yeah Yeah, right yeah right yeah yeah so but yeah if we bring it all back right um what can we say about how we want the education education system or education programming externally how do we want it to shift in order for it to be effective for our communities I feel like our generation's really coming out, you know, mm-hmm. like our, like, um, uh, I, I know of a lot of, um, in my first year of university, just last year, I learned, or I, I met a lot of, um, really cool women of color that are wanting to get into education. I'm like, do it. Cause we need, we need what we look like and what we looked for mm-hmm. as kids, right? Like we need, like be the person that you needed when you were younger, right? Like, yeah. And I think we need more, um, obviously, funding in social justices as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, just, like, more funding for, like, programmings that can do things like that. Like, I I would totally love to do uh, basketball, I guess, potentially with an officer. But, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) know, That was kind of weird. But, uh, (laughs) you know, and um, just like actually well thought out planned programming like people mm. that like want want to be. because I remember for that Edmonton trip of mine I asked like one of the guys that like was there with us that was facilitating us or whatever I was like why are you like I don't think I asked too bluntly but like I also just have a blunt personality sometimes and it's like yeah. why are you here yeah. and he was like well I I I think he was in U of M doing something like some type of social justices and it was like basically a volunteer paid volunteer like trip mm. I, like I was like oh so you're just here for the clout basically right? <laughs> totally turned off by that but we need more people that don't want to just do these things because they're getting credit or because they're you know like mm. we need people that like are aware of the situation and like aware of like what is happening that's wrong and want to help fix it maybe not are dedicated to the work yes yes and i think that's for me anyways that's that's i'm so happy that i'm back in working with the community Mm -hmm. because like working for like because i I worked in veterinary medicine for seven years Mm -hmm. i did that when volunteering for like um vet outreach for like giving um uh low-income families like vet services for either free or at a lower cost but it's still like at a cost you know mm-hmm. and like when when you're in back in working with community it's just like it's like I don't know I feel like home you know like yeah. I'm here I'm I you know I'm aware I'm awake I'm listening to you like mm-hmm. you know like I and then that's that should be another thing is like culturally or cultural programming should be all about listening to like what the youth need mm-hmm. you know like you, youth, youth may not know what they need at that time like you know like whether it's drama or whatever but 
they they know that they need love at least then they'll tell you they'll they'll be able to like in different languages obviously Mm -hmm. like you just have to like listen yeah i remember i don't know how many times i've had like heart to hearts with the boys girls club uh um volunteers was just like i i absolutely hate myself like Mm. you know i remember having so many conversations about that and Mm. just like that's why i like glow up boys and girls so much it's like not only did they like let me vent they also gave me a space and time to like after i'm done venting after i'm done crying or yelling or getting Mm. angry I got to go shoot hoops for like an hour yeah, or I got to go yeah. play video games for like an hour, you know? And I got mm. to like hang out with my friends while we did that, you know? And mm. like, that's, I don't know. No, for real. No. And I, I worked at the boys and girls club before and I, I know what you're talking about because some of the young people um, I worked with, um, they felt comfortable enough to have these experience uh, to share some of these experiences with me. Right. And it seems like, the nature of the place um, was set up to be kind of like homely, right? Yeah. So that you yeah. feel a level of comfort. You got like snacks and everything. Yeah. Like, you got and meals, like everything. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I, no, I definitely recognize that, and I big up um, Boys and Girls Club too, and Big Brother, Big Sister. Um, oh, yeah, I wish I wish I would have gotten to that too. But mm-hmm. again, like I don't think. Um, I think it depends family to family or community to community. If exactly. like, if, if the people around you don't know how to outreach or like they don't know about programming or don't even know how to look for programming, like mm-hmm. you're not going to get it. So like Boys and Girls Club was like all that, like we got, which like, again, I was super, like I did so many things with Boys and Girls Club, like I mm-hmm. went all the way up until I was like 18, I, mm-hmm. I stuck with them. So, yeah. but like, yeah, bro- uh, brother, big brothers and big sisters, then uh, big- I've heard so, so many good things. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was, um, I think, was it 2019? I worked there for a couple months before I moved to Toronto and um, they had a program. So they had the big brother, big sister, just a general program where you get a mentor. Um, And then they had one where it's new immigrant families get connected with either people that are in their community that have been living here for a long time Mm -hmm. or like anyone else who can support Mm -hmm. them um, in Mm -hmm. getting integrated. Um, but it's crazy because that's the same program that my family was in when we came to Canada. So my, oh my God. I, yeah, I have two aunties and uncles, um, Wilma and Wesley, they're Bayesian from Barbados. But when we came to Canada, they were my big brothers. Um, they're the big brother and big sister for my older siblings. And oh. now they're family, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. it, I love the fact that it was culturally relevant the fact that they got other black people so that we could learn more about the black experience in Canada when we came um, and also get to learn about um, what goes on in the city, right? Um, For our community, where to get food that has spices. (laughs) Yeah, right? Because when we came to Canada in 97, it was really, there was no diversity in London. That's a necessity. For real. Um, but all of these things are so important. And so culturally relevant programming, culturally mm-hmm. responsive programming um, yeah. for um, racialized um, communities is so important. This is the end of this episode on uh, ra- 94.9 Radio Western. This is UR Power Radio. It's your host. Gabby. And Ruby Jokey. And you could find this podcast on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And we are on 94.9 Radio Western on the last Friday of every month from 11 to 12. So don't forget to check us out. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye.